When COVID-19 hit, the doors to all independent venues across the country closed and attending live concerts stopped. The independent venues and promoters from every state in the U.S. are banding together to fight for survival. Many of us are at risk of closing our doors forever unless federal assistance is provided. More information is available at SaveOurStages.com. Brought to you by NEBA, a 501c6. You're listening to 100 Words or Less with Ray Harkins. Hello, everybody. Hopefully you like the uh, new little uh, intro that I was uh, trying out at the very top. That way, uh, you know, it sounds like a professional radio show or something like that. <laughs> Anyways, this week is a fun, fun show because we are traveling back in time to 2005. The best of 2005 list that myself, Joey Cahill from 6131 Records, and Jeremy Bohm from Touche Amore, my compatriots throughout every list that we do at the end of the year and then uh we've been doing it uh, gosh maybe the past year or so we kind of you know look back at a previous list that we did that you know we never well podcasting frankly didn't exist back in 2005 you know in in very infant like stages but uh you know we wanted to revisit that list and uh, talk about records and see if they hold up see if they don't hold up that sort of stuff it's a really really fun chat that uh, we have. So it, for, first of all, we have some audio issues throughout. And when I say we, I say me. <laughs> um, you know, so the first maybe 10 minutes or so, um, it, you know, I kind of sound like I normally do on a, a podcast. But uh, then I had some problems with a microphone and then a cord and all of this stuff went wrong. But I did not want to derail the recording of this episode because, you know, people's time is valuable. So uh, you will hear me transition from a, a on the microphone thing to a uh, using the computer audio. It's still 100% listenable. Like, you know, I'll be the first person to admit. And frankly, I wouldn't publish it if it was unlistenable. So just know that you will hear a discernible difference between the audio quality on my microphone in particular, Joey and Jeremy, they are totally fine throughout this, this episode. Uh, but I just wanted you to know that because, um, you know, sometimes it's annoying when you're just like, Hey, why did that happen? <laughs> and no one says anything at the, uh, the onset of the show, but, um, yeah, that's what we got. And also you heard a, a, uh, pre-roll ad at the very beginning, uh, from save our stages and it's an incredibly important thing to me. Like, I'm not charging them for any sort of advertising on the show. I am running that ad because I obviously really, really believe in um, independent music at large, but then more specifically, independent venues. Like, that's what I have personally grown up on, and I know many of you have grown up on. And with the coronavirus consuming the country in so many different aspects, uh, these venues are at real risk if they are not uh, supplemented by some way, shape, or form by the government. And, uh, you know, frankly, I, I don't have much confidence that the government will step up and do it on their own. They need a loud voice representing them. So uh, I hope that you visit the Save Our Stages website and, uh, you know, support wherever you can, whether it's like, you know, visiting the venue's website and like buying T-shirts, because I know one of the local venues that I visit on a regular basis, Chain Reaction, they've been doing, you know, benefit T-shirts and pins and a bunch of other stuff. So... But anyways, um, that's just something I really wanted to highlight. But uh, yeah, let's dive into the best of 2005 with my friends Joey Cahill and Jeremy Bolm, okay? 
So you 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 had a top twenty five list, Joey? I did. I I do, and not a big fan. Not a big fan of where, where we ended up. So you're saying that you would bump some of the lower ones up, or you would just tr- trash some of the top ten? Both. I would. I will say right now, if I were to redo this list, my number eighteen would be my number one record. <laughs> Wow. Yo, honestly, mine is very similar. I I guess I have a top 30 because it's split into three different sections. So it's 30 records that I chose as well. But like there's definitely some extreme heaters on the bottom and then records at the top that I'm like, wow. OK, except for one section, which I still stand by and are still my top one and two. But I will also add this is really an I thing to say. Was 2005 the last great year for records? Because... <laughs> I'm looking at this list and I'm shocked at how many great albums there are. I, I feel like I'm not this excited about as many records these days. There, I mean, I'm assuming there's ones I'm missing that I would put on now, but like in my top 25, like there's some, uh, some classics. Well, I think this is a common, I mean, every time we do our best of lists and we always are like, Oh yeah, it was tough getting to 10 records this year. <laughs> and so I think exactly. Right. And so I think like when we, I mean, I like Joey, I have a top 30 and obviously Jeremy, you have a top 30 as well. So like us to be able to go as deep as we did, I, I don't know, maybe it'd be because obviously we just had more time to pay attention to records, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. Well, like 2005, Jeremy, you were at Backside still? Yes. Uh, we, You and me were at Abacus. Yep. So like all we did was listen to music. Yeah. It's true. I mean, all day, like pretty much all day long, like. Yeah. And talk about new stuff and show each other new stuff. It was almost like working at a record store minus selling records. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I think there is that. But also, like, when I kind of look through this list, there's a lot of very, like, different sounding stuff where. You know, I feel like it's it's tough to find kind of again, I'm sorry for how old this sounds, but like it's hard for me to hear such different sounds these days where it's like hardcore it's kind of a hard thing to reinvent at this point, I feel. And like then like like a indie top rock is sort of Yeah. Exactly. Like I, I would have a hard time doing a top ten hardcore for any year of the last like ten. But uh but even like but even like indie rock, like so much of indie rock is very like electronic based, whereas like then there was like a mix of so much stuff, you know, I don't know. I have a hard I have a hard I would have a hard time picking this many records of the last 10 years, you know, I think I would have a hard time doing what you did and like bifurcating the different lists. Like I, I don't and that's probably why, like, frankly, I never did that. <laughs> I just always was like, oh, yeah, here's this like this stew of records as opposed to, uh, I mean, I think the only differentiation that I ever did. And I mean, I, I looking at my list, I don't, I, I only had like two EPs or whatever that I like threw in to the, you know, honorable mentions or whatever. Yeah. 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 But it's hard. I mean, it's hard when you're, yeah, you're talking about, uh, you know, yeah. These specific genres that, uh, you know, we obviously love, but at the same time, it's like, you know, each year there's probably diminishing returns for us in certain ones, uh, versus other ones where we could maybe do, you know, more records there. But yeah, it's hard. 
Listening to music is hard, Absolutely. guys. And having an opinion is really hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the amount of music I've been listening to these these days is uh, reminds me back of my youth. Yes. Yeah. I would agree. There's definitely records on here that capture a very specific time and place where it's like, oh, yeah, like I haven't listened to that record in a long time. It doesn't mean that's not good. I just haven't listened to that record in forever. There are records on here that I haven't listened to in 15 years. And I will say right now, they're not good. <laughs> well, uh, uh, oh my God. on that note, I want you to start with your number 10, Joey, because I'm very excited about your list now. <laughs> um, number 10 uh, Smoker Fire Above This City, which was, that okay. record fucking great. It's so good. Uh, I'm going to say this right now. I told you I split up my lists, right? Like, yeah. I, yeah, I, or like I, I, I cherry picked from them. I didn't pick a lot from my punk list. This was my number one punk record. I number one. It's yeah. so good. And I mean, it's one it's of the, like, I need to go back and, and revisit it because it's been a minute, but like, I feel like it holds up pretty well. Yeah, I, I think the downfall of it is that the production is pretty bad, but, but that's the only complaint I have. Like, I remember it feeling very like, I think in the little write-up I did, I compared it to like Avail and Hot Water Music or something. But yeah, I guess they really said like Avail and Hot Water Music. <laughs> So with with the Smoke and Fire record, I think it's also one of those things where there was so many bands that kind of like I was listening to Make Do and Mend because that was on my like honorable mentions list because that or but that would no that was in 2010. But I was listening to that record. I was like, there's so many bands of that ilk that do the punk pop combo. I mean, pop, I use that term very loosely, but like that verse chorus, like soaring, you know, vocals, like just so, core. Yeah. Beard core. Right. Yeah. No idea core like smoke and fire could play the fest this year or well, not this year because no one's playing anything, but 2021. Um, As of right now, fest is still happening. I know, (laughs) but they could play and there's probably like 800 people there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and if, if they did a show in LA for some reason of that record, I'd go. Yeah, absolutely. Go. I never, saw, I never saw. I never saw. I never saw them. I think I saw. Them. I think I, I. think I did. I feel like I saw them with a veil. I could be making this up. I definitely saw them. Yeah. But I don't remember when or where. They have a follow-up record that I remember being good, but I didn't. I didn't hold on to it as much as I did this record. And I, 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 no, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say I. Last my last trip to Amoeba, uh, I saw it on the wall for like a hundred bucks, and I was like, "Well, good for that little wow. market." Wow, that's awesome. I, I feel yeah. like the follow-up was very similar to this record, and and it just kind of was like, "Well, I'm just going to listen to uh, what's it, Above the City because it's better and came first. Yeah, like yeah, I think the second I think the follow-up just had a better recording, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now you get to ping pong, Joey. Uh, Jeremy. Okay. So uh, we were saying, I, I don't know if it was recorded. I think it might have been right before we started recording, but like a lot of our list is stuff that you're like, wow, I wish uh, like like some stuff just was in very odd places. But this one feels right for me. Um, and a definite throwback to an era. My number 10, I put Nightmare of You 
the self-titled record. Remember that? Wow. Yeah, dude. I feel like they were supposed to be the, the next big thing. Yeah, because there was, it's funny too, because I remember getting into it uh, because of, or more, gave it more of a shot because at the time there was a short-lived indie rock station in LA, I forget what it was called, like Indie 10 something, um, that would play the single from this record constantly, like genuinely constantly. And I would hear it on my route um, when, because uh, I had, I think by the end of 2005, I was starting to work in post-production. So I remember I was doing a lot of uh, delivery. So that that song was always on the radio, which is crazy to me. But for listeners who are unfamiliar, Nightmare Review was the guitar player from the movie Life's like Smith C. Morrissey band that he started, that he, that he fronted. And uh, it's definitely of the era, but... Um, I'm going to revisit the record because I'll bet it's still got some, some bits on it. Did you guys ever own that record or anything? I had this, I had the CD. I remember liking it, but it was just one of those things where like time and place where I haven't, I mean, I feel like they popped up every couple years to like, Oh, a nightmare reviews, like reunion in, uh, New York. I'm like, Oh, okay. And then that band and then have just moved on. Yeah, I didn't. I, 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 I never. Yeah, I never messed hard with it. But it was one of those things where it was just because of the you know Long Island connection. You're just like, oh yeah, this is cool. They're doing something different, uh, you know, rather than just like you know another rehash version of the movie life or uh, you know because wait, I the Avalanche was around then I think too. But it was good. I remember that. I, was it on a major? That, that's what I can't remember. I feel on like one of those weird like. Management company yeah. record labels. Yeah. yeah. That, like, I'm looking it up. Yeah, I'm looking. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, all of, all of us were very aware of that at that time. It was on the Bevanshire label and East West. Oh, East West, because East West had all those like like vanity labels yeah. at the time. And they were kind of like, yeah. Because I wasn't that what. Oh, man. I mean, there was a lot of people that and were like. And was on East West at some point. Yeah. And I want to say, didn't Recover get, I mean, I know Recover was on Fiddler and Fueled by Ramen initially, but like, I, I thought that they did, I don't they know. They signed to a major. Yeah. They had a full on a major. Yeah, that's right. That East was West, Recover. Yeah. East West was owned by Atlantic. Um, and it looks like Bevanshire was like a, uh, uh, their own label. So it's probably like a, major label slash upstream deal of their own thing. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but it was definitely, a, but yeah, I mean, that band definitely had their, had a moment because of, you know, like automatic walk. So, uh, so nightmare <laughs> of you could run. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, you, you got to dip into that major label cash because they didn't know what they were doing at that time. They're like, uh, I guess this whole indie thing, like we need more bands that are affiliated with this whole long Island scene. Who else is there? Yeah. All right, Ray, what's your uh, number 10? My number 10 is uh, Pelican. The fire in our throats will beckon the thaw, uh, which I have legitimately not listened to in probably 15 years. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I literally have nothing to say about the record. Like, I mean, it's good. I, rem I remember. Where did this come in their catalog? This was their, I want to say this was their actual first full length, if I'm not mistaken. Um because, oh, you know, this was after Australasia, so it's their second full length, I think. Um, okay. Yeah, it's like the blue cover one with like, you know, look like whatever, ice 
ice something, you know, icebergs or whatever. Um, but yeah, and I, I mean, I just was obsessed with Pelican from basically the moment that I saw them open for uh, Isis at Spaceland. I was just like, hey, can this band put out a song every day? Because I'll listen to it. I'll listen to a seven minute riff, <laughs> riff into Oblivion. And um, yeah, that's why Pelican is on my list. Did you go to the Pelican Cursed? I think it was Pelican Cursed at Coos in Long Beach. Yeah, for sure. It sounded terrible. Wait, what? It wasn't Cursed. Pelican. No, no. Oh. Was not. Yeah, not Brother Cursed. Breather Resist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. No, because it was Cursed Breather Resist. Uh, Pelican played maybe the roof. And I wouldn't have gone just to see Pelican. They're. Hmm. I can't remember. I don't know. Yeah. It was a very long time ago. It was a very long time. Throw throw out a, a band that I wouldn't care about, and I'll just say, yeah, that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I definitely was there for Breather Resist and Cursed. So right, right. I'm just trying to think of what else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, remember when, I don't know. Remember when Breathe In played as a Hawaiian band? I remember when they played. <laughs> <laughs> towards the end like i just remember i saw them at coos when they were shifted over to the hawaiian aesthetic yeah, and the sound. piece yeah but they're still called they were on the flyers breathe in so it was like hmm this is curious what's happening what a record wow yeah yeah i missed and, that one anyways yeah well he didn't miss much because <laughs> they didn't play anything off of their bridge nine stuff uh anyways number number nine i'll do uh i this you do number 10 oh you did number 10 Done. i did number 10 yeah oh. uh number nine will be a very specific thing uh cartel chroma which you know is still a good record i i stand by that <laughs> my number my number 15 number 15 okay um yeah, yeah. Is this the one is this the one they recorded in the boat in the dr pepper bubble pre this was pre pre ah. band in the bubble yeah, that record's okay. It's just, I mean, I, I think I said I was like, it gives me the same feeling as listening to uh, Static Prevails, which you know is a pretty, you know, a lot of hyperbole there. Yeah, but you know, that's what that's what you did with these write-ups. You really like went long on them. So um, <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to compare culture, Cartel Chroma to uh, Static Prevails, you're like, yeah, that's a that's a tall. I order. have a, a very weird or unfortunate connection, not unfortunate, un, like with this record where. When I, I'm in an older car, when I'd hook up my phone to it, it would just play the the first song like alphabetically, and it was they have a song called just the A. Yep, it's like twelve so, minutes long, and it but it starts like pretty jarringly. So I would just like start my car, plug in my phone, not really think about it, and just like boong. Yep, same every single time, and it just drove me nuts. The yep. uh, the song because I, I still I still use an iPod. I the song that does that for my car is A-list actress from uh, Hey Mercedes. <laughs> I, I can live the rest of my life without hearing that intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, that is an unfortunate thing when, when you're, when a song gets uh, unintentionally played, when you plug in your uh, iPhone or uh, iPod or whatever, it's like, yep, you just end up hating that record. Turn, turn your car on and all there, there it is. Yep. Uh, yep. So yeah, Cartel Chroma, but my, uh, I will toss it to uh, you, Jeremy. What's your number nine? Rockabilia.com. You know what to do, right? Well, if you don't, band merch is incredibly important. And getting stuff shipped to your house now is even more important. So how about you combine both of those things and you go to Rockabilia.com and use the code PC100Words. 
That is an incredibly important code for you to use because it gets you 15% off. They sell all officially licensed band merch from pretty much every band you can possibly imagine. They sell puzzles. They've got awesome stuff for summer, you know, tank tops. Get yourself, uh, you know, as you're doing your, your socially distanced hikes or your socially distant pool time, please do that. And it's rad because all of the bands get paid royalties on these officially licensed garments. When you just randomly Google a band name and band merch, you sometimes will see some pretty horrific bootlegs that exist out there, whether it's on Amazon, whether it's on eBay, whatever the case may be, that is not what you need to do. You need to go to rockabilly.com, buy the real deal, independently run company, ships out of the Midwest, amazing customer service. I can't tell you enough about how much this company means to me and means to the music universe at large. So rockabilly.com, use the code PC100words, 15% off your order. It's a record that should be much higher. <laughs> um, this on my uh, on, on my top ten indie. This was still number nine, and it's insane to me. Uh, Death Cab for Cutie plans. It's pretty. That should be much higher. <laughs> um, my number nine as well. Oh, nice! Is it? <laughs> Way to go! <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but again, well, it, like, why is it just dual? Yeah. We can just dual talk about it. Um, it's a bold claim, and I'm sure someone's going to be mad at me for saying this, but this is the last Death Cab, for re- Death Cab record I actually care about. Um, Listen to the I think I think they have... No, they have songs on all their... Like, I've, I've continued to purchase all their records, and I listened to all their records, but this is the last one that actually had, like, an emotional impact on me that I was, like, obsessed with. So I... And this might yeah. make people mad. I think this is the best Death Cab record. I think it is the eat like okay. transatlanticism is like the go-to and it's maybe equal or better. I don't know. I go back and forth, but this is just such an easier listen like that I can put on plans and it's like, it's just essentially just a bunch of like poppy songs. And then it's like, Oh cool. Like that was great. Tran- whereas transatlanticism, there's a lot of songs you kind of have to work for to like, or pay attention to. There's just so much going on. That I almost like yeah, I treat would, them as like I would agree it's like one A and one B almost. The the this is my number two record, so we'll obviously you know I'll, I'll just dive in with you guys. Uh, it, to me, it's the easiest to listen to Death Cab record. Like the flow of it is perfect. The emotional resonance is what you were talking about, Jeremy. Is just it's so good. Like Summer Skin, like you cannot get. It's just beautiful. You listen to it and it like puts you in in that play. Like you're on a swing in a park, just like just it's beautiful. And so, yeah, even even like I will follow you into the dark, which is like obviously been played out. You know, we've all heard it a million times. Like you still put it on. You're like, this song's great. Yeah. Like it's just a great song. Yep. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's a record. Good one. It's definitely a good one. Well, shit, what do we do now? You just said you're number nine as well. Yeah. We so go back to Ray for number eight, or what do we do? Sure. Do we'll do, yeah, we'll do that. Uh, my number eight is uh, Psyche Rose. Tack or talk, talk. I'm not exactly sure. I, I don't speak Icelandic. Um, I don't how that's not on my list at all. That's a, That should be on my list, but it's not. Yeah, great record. It is, like... I just, it was funny too, because we were, you know, we were talking about, you know, doing 2010 as well. And I had a Jonesy record on my 2010. So I was listening to that. And it's just like the moment that you step into, you know, his vocals over 
atmospheric music that is just like so cinematic and beautiful it just it just elevates you it takes you to a different place and yeah this record is so like i mean this was definitely the <laughs> i love i i call this record like their most aggressive record <laughs> which of course for second roast is a joke like they're not aggressive but uh yeah it's just so beautiful and this 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 record in particular um just cemented them as like a you know whatever top 20 band for me of all time beautiful stuff i really nothing to them yeah, yeah i think it might have been late sorry babe you guys there yeah you, yeah it's okay you were pausing for a sec you got late you were late to them uh, uh yeah i was i was weirdly late to them like i think i always appreciated what i heard but i never bought a record until this one so i might have i might have got it like a year later or something like that but yeah it's the record's incredible it's absolutely incredible a few years back, I bought a couple records being like, all right, this is the band I should get into. Bought them, listened to them, had them for a while, and was like, nope, don't need these, and they're gone. <laughs> oh, heartbreaking. You should, you, you should, they released a tour DVD of a tour they did of Iceland called, like, it's like Hemina or something. It's like H-E-M-I-A. It is quite possibly the best band DVD, with the exception of Strife's One Truth of all time. Or what the, about the Earth Crisis DVD. <laughs> I was about to say the Earth Crisis DVD. Hold on, um, <laughs> but yeah, they do an awesome tour of their entire country, playing in front of you know whatever millions of people or what the whole island uh, of Iceland in Reykjavik. But then they also play like super small fishing towns, and it's amazing because they're just like, I mean, they're like folk heroes there, and so watching yeah. the, and then plus they also showcase the country in like the most beautiful way. So yeah, I would recommend that because that that really like. Okay people that are just like whatever on you know the music like when you kind of watch that in context it's like oh my gosh like these these guys are important so anyways uh number eight i i will give it to you joey what's your number eight uh lydia this december it's one more and i'm free holy moly dude <laughs> yeah i i i can't i can't I say i, I can't say i, I like that, that is Female fronted band from Arizona, right? Yep. Yep. It's still no, it's still okay. I yeah, I don't really have anything to say. Like there's a bit I literally you know, it's been <laughs> They still don't they they put out a record like a couple of years ago, oh, I wanna say. They kind of got like this weird cult following and were like pretty are pretty popular. I think they might have broke up. I don't really know. I do know I tried to sign them to Abacus. Yes. That didn't work. Uh, no. no. Didn't. They, I think they, uh, I can't remember who they ended up putting out a record with. Like they put out a record with like, didn't they get signed to a major, I want to say like BMG or I don't know, whatever, but. They think they did a bunch of like, I don't think they ever, I think they like not self-released, but. Yeah. They were like a weird band. I don't know. Yeah. They're like, they're like one of those bands, like, uh, you know, uh, the deer hunter or whatever, where it's like, they build this own cottage industry around the band where people like the whatever, 100 and 200, how many ever people pay attention to them are like devotees of them. Like, you know, like whatever, like Isley or whatever. Like, it was like RX Bandits. Yeah. I love that band. And it's like, not for me, Deer Hunter, not for me, but there's people who are obsessed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what, yeah, that record. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Took, took us <laughs> back, Joey. <laughs> yeah. We'll keep going. <laughs> Jeremy. 
I have a record that I, I'll be honest, I don't really throw on anymore, but I, there's certain records that I, I put into a, a, the same category um, of things that I just like, I listen to too many times and I just feel like I've had it. Like, like, I, like I, I, I crave listening to it, but it's minus the bear menace. Aloso. Number, number five for me, Jeremy, number five. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, like, number 20. <laughs> so like that record was like the postal service or like fucking Napoleon dynamite and garden state. Like all that shit was all like, like stuff that everyone was just so obsessed with and overexposed to that. Like, I mean, that's all I, I think that's probably the fan favorite. And I know it's certainly the record that got the most attention at the time. Um, and I think it's a great record, but I just, I think I've just heard it too many times that I don't find myself like looking to throw it on. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. What's funny is like, I have that record on there and I, I don't know when I've, if I, I guess the last time I listened, it was 2005 because like, if I'm going to listen to minus the bear, I'm going to put on highly refined pirates. Like, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Like that. I mean, I think for, yeah, for me, minus the bear, like I still, when it comes on any sort of random shuffle or whatever, I get I'm I get excited and then like maybe I pull an LP out and listen to and then a- anyone that I pull, you know, from Planet Ice to whatever, it's it's like oh yeah, this is a, a very pleasant experience. Um, and I I think the thing that this band falls victim to is that it's uh, you know it's so good. But it also like doesn't leave that much of a like lasting impression on you in the way that like you just become like rabid. Like even though like the first day, the first EP um, and the you know the highly refined pirates. Like I mean, I probably saw them like I don't know seven or eight times on those records. Like uh, uh, collectively, I was obsessed with them. But then it just gets to a point where you're just like, okay, cool, moving on. And like it's not because like they did anything wrong. <laughs> but they're also another yeah. band, like like. I mean, they just, they broke up, what, last year? And it's like, they, like they just kept getting bigger. I mean, I think they plateaued, I'm sure they plateaued at some point, but like, they were really popular. And it's just like, I just kind of fell off. Yeah. And it's like. I actually mentioned in my little write-up that, or I, I was saying that, uh, I think they're on to quote unquote major things next year. Cause I think I remember the rumor was that they were going to sign to a major and that, you know, they were going to be whatever, something huge after that. But yeah, obviously did not happen. Where did they, did they go to, were they just on poly, where did they, polyvinyl? No. They, oh man, they were on Suicide Squeeze forever. Yeah, but they went somewhere bigger, didn't they? They had to have. I Yeah, <laughs> they had to have. Uh, I know that they did, uh, oh, they did Danger Bird, right? Danger Bird. Yeah. yeah. Danger Bird. Yep, they were on Danger Bird for a while. They did two records on, and look at their, yeah. Yeah. I guess they were well, squeeze four of their six LPs were on Suicide Squeeze. Huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good Dang. for them. And uh, uh, and and Nick Nick Steinhardt he did the, the last record. There you go. Beautiful stuff. Yeah. That was your number um, eight, Jeremy. That was my number. Eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. what do I do? I think you're. You can do your number seven. Okay. Number seven, another record that I find myself listening to a lot more than a lot of other things that were on uh, my list, but um, Alkaline Trio, Crimson. Ooh. Did not make my top 25. <laughs> oh, my God. You? That's a heart attack. Why? That's what I'm saying. 
in 2005, I did not like Crimson. I whoa! I think yeah. we used to fight about it because yeah. I wrote for it. It would be right on if if we were to redo the list. That would probably be my number two record. <laughs> Jeez, man! I, I like it how it literally doesn't make the list and it gets skyrocketed up to your number two. I'm gonna I'm gonna redo my list when this is over. Yeah. How do you, yeah. where, where do you even begin yeah, with that? Oh, well, I mean, I guess you begin like obviously using well, our list as comparison, like, but yeah, yeah. I'm looking at this now and it's like, I stand by my top five and they would probably make my top 10, but like plans would be in somewhere in the top five. My number one was my number 18 and Crimson would be my number two. Yeah. Yeah. What Joey, I remember I was fighting with you over the song Sadie, which oh, I'm sure you still, still are not a fan of. Yeah, that song sucks. Nah. <laughs> <That's> a- <laughs> that is my least favorite album uh, besides everything on this addiction. I am very excited to tell you about a new record from Chromags, released this June 19th on Mission 2 Entertainment. And I mean, if you don't know who the Cro-Mags are, I, I really think you need to uh, get out a little bit more because, uh, you know, they are hardcore legends. It's their first album in 20 years. It's called In the Beginning, and uh, it's a really, really good record. We're going to listen to a little bit of one of their tracks. It's called From the Grave. It actually features Phil Campbell from Motorhead on it, which is unbelievable. So let's listen to a little bit of that, and then I'll tell you a little bit more. How about that? I, I really can't believe we're talking about a new Chromax record now in 2020. It's unbelievable. So you can find that record called In the Beginning on any of your favorite streaming providers, or you can go to mission2entertainment.com and find some uh, some cool packages in regards to merch and vinyl and all that other fun stuff. So yes, go check out the new Chromax record called In the Beginning Everywhere Out Now. This was my last... Up until this newest record from them, which I remember I, when I had on my list a couple of years ago or last year or whatever, uh, it was my last favorite Alkaline Trio record. And then that newest one came out. And it's like, I think their second best record, like the next best record in line. But um, yeah, I, I ride hard for Crimson. A lot, lot, lot of heaters on this record. It's incredible. It's a great but side note, yeah. the major label record, should you should give it more attention because it's great. But agony and irony. Yeah, it's so good. It's very good. Uh, it's, see, okay, this is where this is where you and I have this in common because that has my least favorite Alkaline Trio song of all time, which is that kiss kiss love love song oh, or whatever oh. the hell. Yeah, not good. A, disposable. It's a but terrible it's, song. But it also has secretly and, like and a top five out. song that that song over and out is absolutely perfect. I remember. I remember that when they good. came out with that EP. Did they, didn't they come out with that EP that had like the Joy Division rip uh, of it before? Uh, I mean, when I say rip, like the design, the cover, and then I just remember those three songs. Uh, but I think, I think, I don't know. I just remember that EP coming out before as like a teaser, and it was just like, whoa, this is real good. It was. I think my issue with it is that it's so 
produced. It sound, I mean, it sounds like, I think Jerry Finn did it, but it sounds like uh, the dude from Goldfinger did it, whose name, John Feldman. John Feldman. Like, it's yeah. so, per, like, I mean, it sounds like it was made by machines. It's, um, yeah, like, it's perfect in the most, like, yeah. sterile of ways. Um, But it's like, I listen to it now, and it's, I mean, it's, it's probably my th- fourth favorite Alkaline Show record. But that, I mean, in, it was like my least, I mean, I guess by then it was like their fifth record. So it didn't really, or fourth record, so it didn't count. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's a good one. It it's is. real. Um, yeah. Well, Joey, what's your, uh, what's your number seven? All American Rejects, move along. <laughs> That I, that that was on my list, but that was definitely like I want to say in the mid twenties. Yeah, it's it's still pretty good. It's a good pop record. I haven't listened to it in probably since two thousand five. So uh, I mean, obviously, all of us have heard the uh, you know move along. Route. Yeah, a billion times in every store that we walk into. I don't hate that song. That's a good song. Yeah, but, uh, but again, I like, also don't. Would it be oh, my yeah. number seven record today? No, no. Now, that actually, uh, looking back, that did oh. not that did not make my list. Yeah, so sorry, Joey. I don't agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, all American rejects and cartel um, take take it take a long drive somewhere else. <laughs> no, no Joey, Joey, and I just leaning into our pop love. It's like, hey, oh, yeah. can you can you have some pretty boys singing at us? Sure, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, my number, my, my number, yeah, my number seven is uh, Propagandi's Potemkin City Limits because it's Propagandi. And that, I mean, I, 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 yeah, there's nothing that they can do that is wrong in my eyes. Like maybe some records are a little bit longer, a little bit thrashier, but this, I think this record was the last record that I, uh, similar to what Jeremy was talking about with uh, Death Cab for Cutie, as far as like the emotional resonance, I think this was the, f- the last Propagandi record that like emotionally resonated with me. I enjoyed everything they've done since, but this one is still like, it, it lodges, it, it lodges in my heart in the same way that, you know, today's empires and how to clean everything and everything they've done before that. This was my number 13 record. And I feel like I need to go back and listen to it because for I've, as I've, as I've matured, uh, my, my time with propaganda has now ended with, uh, today's empires, tomorrow's ashes, tomorrow's empire. What's yeah. Whatever. Today's empires, tomorrow's ashes. Yeah. Uh, like for me, like that's the last record. If I'm going to listen to propaganda, I'll stop after that record. Sure. You can, yeah, you can extend this a little bit like the failed States or whatever. That was definitely the record where I was like, "Mm, okay, all right. Got it. Yeah, I just I, I don't. Yeah, it was in my. I don't remember what that record sounds like at all. But it made my list, so hey, kudos to you, Propagandi. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty, pretty good. I, that's a, while, that's my well, number four on my list. Yeah. While in quarantine, I uh, just listened to I've like, you know, I listen to a lot of records while doing puzzles, and one of the records I've been repeating a lot is "Less Talk, More Rock." And it is just oh. perfect. Absolutely perfect. It's like, it's, it, it offends me that that record came out so long ago. Cause like you could put it out today and it does not, it loses zero emotional impact. 
like yep. zero relevance. Like it's like, oh yeah, this is just of the moment. And like, how can you do that when that? I mean, remember it came out what ninety seven, ninety six? I think it was ninety six. Like yeah. And that's just that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's why that band's perfect. Anyways, uh, number seven. Uh, let's go. Let's give it to you, Joey. What do you got for number seven? Number six. Or no, wait. Did I? Oh, you did. You guys did your number sevens. So. Yeah. Okay. I'll do number. Yeah. I'll do my number six. It's Thrice Fahisu. Uh, that was the record that everyone started to hate Thrice as far as like, oh, this doesn't sound like artists in the ambulance. So now I'm not going to care about them anymore. Um, obviously, they're still incredibly popular and people have now revisited the record. I think they canceled their Fahisu tour this year. Um, but yeah, the record. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That I was... went, and I went to the Boston show. There you go. Or Worcester, excuse me. I went because like because uh, Drug Church played. And yeah, without you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, um, but yeah, the record. It, it, I mean, it's super weird. It's uh, it has all of the the hintings of where they would be going in the future, as far as like those elemental EPs and stuff like that. But yeah, the record. I mean, I I still listen to this on a you know not regular basis, but uh, it's for sure in the rotation. I I will spoil it and say this is my number one. 2005 there you go throwing heat wouldn't be my number one today nothing against this record i love this record and it would definitely make my top 10 but uh yeah yeah you gotta I, gotta, gotta shuffle some I, things wow. around um did not make any of my lists not even honorable mention not anything i was you 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 two rode the thrice train real hard uh i know it's probably amplified by friendships and tours together and whatever that always like helps like you really want to drive for a band and I, and I get it um yeah like i think the only record i ever owned from them was that what was this uh, illusion of safety is that the second one artist in the ambulance artist in the ambulance was the big one but yeah illusion of safety was... that was the hopeless one this there was well, identity crisis illusion of safety yeah. artist in the ambulance yeah so the second one, I own that one. Um, I feel like you but, would. Enjoy, uh, I feel like you would like Beggars. I feel like that's a record you would enjoy. Yep, that's when they got even weirder. That was one of the newer. That was like. That's one of the newer ones. That was their first on Vagrant, I think. No, the EPs uh, were on Vagrant. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I guess first full length on on Vagrant, but yeah, they just got like more, lack of a better term, like I don't know, earthy. Like just got got into their folk side of things, but um, still had you know the. But there was like electronic elements and. Yep, exactly. Uh, I think that's secretly the best Thrice record. Yeah, as far uh, I mean, as far as their uh, like them showing their ambitions even further than what they had already done. Yeah, I would agree with you, Joey. Um, okay, that was my six. Uh, Jeremy, what do you got for number six? Uh. Renee Hartfelt, Death of a Ghost. That'll be that is my number five, so I'll I'll join you. Yeah, that's a that's a hot hot record of band that needs much more attention. Um, yeah, I think I think I think it was a very small fan base that included the three of us being some of their biggest cheerleaders. I remember, but, uh, see, I remember yeah, seeing them at Studio S. Like not to interrupt yeah. your train of thought, but it's like, yeah, I, I really legitimately think there was like eight people there. And it was just like, we were like, oh yeah, you guys can play for four hours. That's fine. I saw well, them. At, I, I, I saw them at the, t- the tiny room at the knitting factory. 
I've been to studio. I went to studio S once and it was for turmoil. That's the only time I ever went there. <laughs> that place was the worst, but, uh, definitely. It's funny. Cause I always, when I, when I talk about, uh, that Renee Hartfeld show in studio S, I always say like, I could, I knew everyone in the room's first and last name. Like, yeah. like Oh, there's, uh, I know Greg Bacon was there. Um, Why but I, the show was crazy. That's weird. Yeah, that is weird. Because it feels. Yeah, the... Go ahead, Jeremy. Sorry. Uh, the lineup was insane because it was Renee Hartfelt, Backstabber Zinc, and The Adored. That was the show. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, time, what, a, what a time and place. But. That record is perfect. And for people who've never heard it before, it's like very, it was like they were kind of the first pioneers of the 90s, like growing back before that became like a sound that was common, like literally 10 years later with a lot of like the run for cover stuff. This band was way ahead of the time, recapturing kind of like the quick sandy, uh, it's hum sort of failure. And, um, so yeah, check out this record. It's it, it deserves something. Is there any move? What's going on with, with? Can we talk about this for Joey? What's going on? With yeah. This? Um, we well, we were hoping it was gonna. We were we were like, oh, maybe we'll do Record Store Day, and then Record Store Day sucks. Sorry. Uh, so now we're just we have we're just waiting on the artwork. We just have to do the artwork. It's we're. What? Yeah. Six one three. Yeah, we're going It's gonna reissue. You didn't say that. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're get, but we're reissuing everything. Um, okay. Like a double LP with the seven inch, the LP, some unreleased stuff, including uh, the, memorial, the memorial stuff, right? <laughs> that run for cover. I know. Well, uh, we've got a we've got a world's fastest car cover on it. Um, but we just yeah, maybe this year. Who knows? <laughs> At some point, it's coming. Okay. Yeah. Really like. People will post something about Renee Hartfelt and they'll be like, oh, this, hope this gets on vinyl. And I'll like make like, oh, soon. And I'll always get like three or four people messaging yeah. me. Like, oh, really? So I feel like there's, yeah, there's, there, it's there's a lot of yeah. like people, people who knew this band love this band. Yeah. Totally. Well, and it's one of those things too. Anytime I have ever showed it to somebody or like put it on a mix or anything like that, it, it is undeniable. Like it's a hundred percent approval rate. You know, people listen to it. They're like, what is this? Wait, who is this? And yeah, it's just flawless. I agree. It did not make my top 10, but that it was, I think I put it, I think it was the number 14. Yeah. Um, yeah. What a band. Cool. Uh, then I get so lost with this stuff. I think where, my, where am I going? Yes. Joey's number six. Uh, okay. All right. Six. Final fight under attack. <laughs> wow. Another band I tried to sign to Abacus. Uh, I haven't listened to this record in a very long time. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't recall. I mean, this, but, they had a lot of, did they have a lot of, of melody in this one? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah, it was super, just, I mean, like, melodic hardcore, like, to a T, you know, like, they were, pr I feel like they were, pretty massive for like at chain reaction and the South Bay and that's it. 
But like their shows were pretty nuts, like you know, good sing-alongs and and you know whatnot. But you could I don't have, know. You, you could have seen them doing something like, I, if I remember it correctly, it was like the 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 notion was that like, oh, they could probably do what like set your goals were, were attempting to do at that time, as far yeah. as like popularity was concerned. And then they, yeah, they signed a Death Wish. They did a split with was it Lifelong Tragedy or Killing the Dream? Uh, Lifelong Tragedy. Lifelong Tragedy. And then I think they, them and Deathwish parted ways. I think before, because I, I think in, someone else put out an LP. Uh, yeah, the bass player talked shit on somebody on uh, the Bridge Nine board and they got dropped. That's right. That'll do it. That'll do it. That's the internet That'll... drama. Um. Yeah, I haven't thought about this band in a long time, and I saw that on the list, and I was like, "Huh, that's funny." Yeah, yeah, not much to say about that. I went and had, I went over to one of their, one of their houses, to like have a meeting about Abacus, and that's yeah. Bought a pizza. Yeah. I Did forget what out. was this. What was what was the singer's name? He was always a really nice guy. He was very nice. Uh, why would I still have his number in my phone? I have, I mean, I don't delete anyone's numbers. Wow. Uh, yeah. No, I don't think I do. Yeah, I can't remember his uh, name either. Yeah. I put it. He was always real nice. He was very nice. Um, God, that is, I'm, I'm having to like dig through, uh, <laughs> damn it. What? No members included in, in, uh, in the, the discogs page for the um, yeah that, well this this band was definitely lost to time that's for sure. yeah <clears throat> um so yeah there you go what's your note what's your what's your I number five my number five was renee heartfelt oh okay uh, so oh they were on straight on records Yo, oh, yes derek that's yep that was their first full length yep yep shots right, fired well, or something like that i can't remember <laughs> right. What is your number? My number five was uh, the minus bear, minus the bear Menosella also. Oh. So do you have something different, Jeremy, for number five? I, I sure do. A record that I was shocked at how low it was, considering uh, what what is above it uh, in this genre. Um, but bright eyes. I'm wide awake. It's morning. <laughs> yeah. My number eighteen, like without a question, <laughs> would be my number one record. Like, what was I thinking? Yeah, hey man, there's obviously yeah. better records that came out that year for you. <laughs> I'm just blown away by it. It's my number three in my three records that are above it. I still like, but I know for a goddamn fact that I listen to that Bright Eyes record way more than I do those other ones, you know? I listen to Plans and Bright Eyes and even Crimson more than any of my top ten. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's not much to say about this Bright Eyes record other than it's just flawless, but, and it's just so significant still. Um, so, yeah, it's my number five, and it should be higher. <laughs> it's, your, it's your number five revised to your number one. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, actually, I'm still standing by my number one and two, actually. Oh, that's but right. This that's would right. be my number three. Yeah. Okay. 
But it's, it's tough. It's tough. Why don't you number one and two then? I am so con- so curious. No, okay. I know it definitely one of them is. I think uh, yeah, I think I may know yeah, one, one of them is. Okay. Well do do your number four and then we'll see uh we'll we'll continue on this journey. Okay. Uh, my number four was the one that was, so my number four and my number three are my number one and two for my indie rock list. So, uh, number four is Kevin Devine, Split the Country, Split the Street, which I love. I think it's a great fucking record. I absolutely love this Kevin Devine record. Um, but I do love Bright Eyes more. It's, it's just, it's just crazy, you know? Yeah. But, uh, I've always been a huge, huge Kevin Devine fan, um, I followed his career for since Miracle of 86. And uh, this is, I think, his first, like, incredible solo record. I like the ones before it, but this was the first record that was, like, he's on some shit now. So, yeah, there you go. Kevin Devine, Split the Country. Nice. I think, hold on, I'm lost track of where I am. Is that? Yeah, that's the one record I own. Um, okay. And I like it. It's really good. It's, yo, Joey, and I, I, there's so many things to listen to, but if you, if I would highly recommend checking out his, his major label record, what's, your ghost to rest. What's funny is I, I, hopefully he's not listening, but uh, I had that record. I listened to it and I, I couldn't get into it. It's, wow. I, if I was just like, I'd felt a lot of like, like the same tempo kind of just the, the, I don't know. It just didn't huh. do it. It didn't. It didn't click with me. Okay. I re- give it a shot with. 20, give it a shot with twenty twenty years. No, I did. This was this was like two months ago oh. or a month ago. Because oh well, fuck me then. <laughs> You're like that didn't change anything. <laughs> I'll try twenty twenty one again. No, okay. I recently tried to okay. get into Maybe it. That, just... That's the year. Okay. Um. Well. Who, who, Ray, you're number four? Yeah, I'll do number four. And this uh, is very similar to my Pelican pick. Uh, Red Sparrows at the Soundless Dawn. This was another band that I could not get enough of. I could not see more. I probably saw them, I mean, at, at least 10 times in a year. Like just every time they played LA, it's like, no problem. I'm there, front row. Um, and they definitely, like, they just continue to put out music. I mean, it feels like they've got, like, at least 15 full lengths. <laughs> I don't know. They just they kept putting out music for so long, and I think I just got really worn out by it. Um, but, I mean, it, it, I, I listened to a couple songs off it today, and I was like, this, or, not like, one song off of it, and I was like, it, it, this is so good. I just would never, there's so much that I like now that is similar to it that I would put on before this. I think I, sure. I think you played with, I think I, I only saw them a couple times, but I think it, they might have played with Dillinger at the El Rey. Yeah, that's how, that sounds I right. I bought some random, like, numbered, like, some CD they were selling of... Yeah, they did they, they did so many of those. I mean, that was when the, you know, a Hydra Head-affiliated bands would do, like, the most limited, coolest things possible, and everyone was like, oh my gosh, I can't get enough of it. I can turn this on eBay or whatever. And so, yeah, Red Sparrows was definitely one of those bands that... Uh, yeah, they were just really good at what they did and had limited stuff. And I haven't listened to them since. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, up until, uh, you know, a couple hours ago, I definitely hadn't checked them out <laughs> in quite some time myself as well. Uh, what's your number four, Joey? Uh, a record I'm assuming we'll hear about later, Modern Life is War Witness. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't really know what there is to say. I'll, you know, this is, I think I put in there like, this is like the next era of like American Nightmare and Bane. Like Modern Life is War, I think was poised to be like that band, and I think this record still holds that like that that uh that championship belt for that that year. Uh, yeah, it's my it's my number two. Uh yeah, I mean it's a perfect record, I think. And it's still it's yeah, still perfect. It's number eleven for yeah. me. It could not beat Red Sparrows, okay guys? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's definitely a record that I'd be like, yeah, I do do I really need two instrumental uh, adjacent metalish bands on my list? Probably not. But that's okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh witness i'd still know every word to that record and it still goes as hard as it did then uh dead ramones is undeniably just the hottest song of all time so yeah yeah. yep um um do we all do number four i did my number four yeah so you can do your number three jeremy or did no sorry joey did you do did you yeah you did your number four so joey what's your number three my number three is Curl Up and Die, The One Above All, The End of All, that is. Right. Yeah. That was my number three on the hardcore list, but I didn't include it because I was like, it's an EP. Does that count right now? I don't know. But yeah, it's. I agree. I broke my. I, I, I put that. Oh, wait, no. That's the full. No, one. that's the full. Yeah, yeah. That was the that's last LP. That's. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, then I've, I wasn't thinking. Yeah, it's a great. I mean, that's a very good, very, very good record. This record is like, I feel like, I mean, I feel like Curl Up and I was kind of always underappreciated. And I feel like, you know, they broke up shortly after this record came out. And I feel like if this record were come out today, like it would just be, I feel like it could be a monster. It's still so good and so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I, I have this as number 29 on my list and I think I, no, I know, but I, I, I totally remember this because I was like, okay, like clearly curl up and die is like in my back pocket. Like they're some of my favorite humans and favorite musicians. And I was like, I I can't show them favoritism on this list. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like that legitimately mattered whatsoever. So it's like, yeah, I I, will put it 29. Yeah. Yeah. It's good, but it's, it's not. It's not red sparrows, all right, guys. <laughs> so stupid. It's like I'm that. Surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised it still hasn't got a vinyl press. That's kind of I, a bummer. I wonder why that harassed Dick before she left Rev all the time. Yeah, it's not for lack of trying. That's for sure. <laughs> and, and she'd be like, "You can just license it." It's like, well, how would no. I how would I give you ten percent of the pressing? <laughs> yeah. uh, so. I, I mean, I feel like I last, and then I recently mentioned to Adam, and I think he ignored it. So, yeah. I mean, if if Open Eye, you know, whenever shows happen again, if they keep playing shows or put out new music, then I feel like it only makes sense. I mean, do it on Record Store Day. Like Rev's gone through most of the catalog. Yeah, they're they can't do. Yeah, they can't do Spark Marker, so they'll probably do Curl Up and Die before Spark Marker. <laughs> but yeah, I completely agree that this should be on vinyl, and it's makes me mad that it's not especially because the art is obviously so cool and vibrant and they could do a lot of fun stuff with it not like they'll do die cut or something like that but they could easily do something fun with it yeah yeah 
number three to uh, whoever, Joey. Uh, Ray. This, I listened to this record, still holds up, no problem putting this at number three. Dredge, Catch Without Arms. My number two. Such a good record, dude. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. Yeah. What's funny is I had... Number five, Andy. Yeah, go ahead. I hadn't listened to this record in a very long time, and... I, on my Instagram, all of my LPs, I just got through the D's and listened to this record. It was probably about a week, week or two ago. And, uh, I put it on, listened to it once. And I was like, that was great. I ended up listening to it like five or six times that day. Like it's, it's a, it is addicting like that. that I think that's the best way to describe it. And then, I mean, but like in here, I mentioned El Celio, like kind of like is what turned me on to the band. And like, this is the record that, I don't think I care about any other record besides this one today. Like Agreed. this is the, the only one for me. Agree. The, the one before was really good. Yeah. But this one is so, so unbelievably good. Yeah. I love, I, I, and I remember being able to actually like see them. Cause I mean, I think I only saw them on, once on LCLO, but then, you know, they started to tour like, you know, them and code seven went out or whatever. And like they just started to tour with bands that are obviously in, you know, our, our ecosystem. And they did a circa code seven tour. Yeah, dude. So good. But yeah. And and I, they they played the Roxy once and they put, uh, they had like a bunch of like trees on stage. I don't, I assume I went with one of you, but yeah, I know. I remember that. Yeah. I, and I also think that the, they, this record probably could have come out in the past you know, two years and no one would have batted an eye. No one, everyone would have been like, Oh yeah, this is really good. Way to go. So that's my number three, Jeremy, what's your number three? They, um, Uh Oh, I think we lost them. Dredge would always play like the local new metal. shows on on for so long. Like they would always play with like system of a down and like the apex theory and alien ant farm and bands like that. Well, that was like my whole thing with like, I always wrote them off as like some just new metal band. Yeah. Some LA. Yeah. Yep. Totally. The shows they played. And it's like, then you listen to it, you're like, oh, this couldn't be further from new metal. Maybe like, you know, like Incubus, like maybe their first record is, you know, pretty, pretty new, but. Yeah. Yeah. They got unfairly lumped in with that just because they were trying to play shows in LA. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was like their, their, their team you know like that's who they would always play that was just like the local scene at the time um, yeah yep for sure yeah so what's your what's very your number, very different what's your number three jeremy uh my number three was what is my number one in my indie rock list uh which keep in mind this is above bright eyes and kevin divine uh Decibully, sing out america wow. which i do think is a good record it's a good record i do think Everything is a good record, but do I listen to it anywhere as much as I listen to those other ones? Absolutely not. No, that's definitely a big swing on that one, especially in context. Yeah, of, in I, context I, of today. <laughs> uh, yeah, like um, I think that I think that I was just such a champion for that band that I felt like I just needed to do something really extreme for them by give them this spot. <laughs> So, you you love the band. Uh, you were the reason I have City of Festivals. Yeah, it's. I mean, these the record 
so good. It's so, so good. But um, and I'm, it was like me and Vic that rode, rode really hard for them, right, Joey? Oh, yeah. Vic and Rev. The Milwaukee connection yep. for Vic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I think you maybe came with me to see them because I think they played with, like, the elected and the honor honorary title at the Troubadour. In the, yeah. in the most 2005 show of all time? Yeah. That is, like, that is the most of the era show of all time. But, say, yeah. That, say, like, say anything a, opening up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they were already been yeah. too big for that. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, a definite of the era show, no doubt. Um, but yeah, so that's my number three. You can do your number. Uh, you can do your number uh, two. Uh, my number two was Modern Life Is War Witness. Oh, that's right. That's right. So, yeah. and so, I, I did my number two, which was Death Cab for Cutie Plans. So what was? And I, did, I, and I did my number two, which was Dredge Catch Without Arms. There we go. Oh. So then, uh, number number one. So record. should I do my number one? Let's do it. All right, my number one is Cursed. Two, not on my list. Not even on my top twenty-five. <laughs> not nope. Same. What? What? I don't know why. Did I not think it came out that year? What's wrong with me? Yeah, it came out that year, right? Yeah. That I mean, I'll have to I'll have to check my receipts on that, but I, I don't see why you would put that on there and you would be wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's two thousand five. Five. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, that's my, that was my, my number one record in hardcore and number, and number two is witness. So it's like, those are the two most important records to me in aggressive music. And I would probably put them in my two most important records in aggressive music of all time, like top five for sure. So the fact that they both came out in the same year, probably not that far apart from one another, um, was insane. And I remember when both those bands broke up, like in the same year, not much later, I was ready to throw in the towel on aggressive music in general. I was like, that's it. Like what's left? Nothing else matters. I don't give a fuck about anything else. Like those it's are the done. two best bands. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, that like legit, yeah. that legitimately depresses me that I look at my list of top 30 records and it's not on there. Like just a, whoa, that hurt, that hurts my soul. <laughs> the fact that like, three records that would absolutely make my top 10 today aren't there. And two of them aren't even on my top 25. Right. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. We, yeah. we, uh, we made a few mistakes guys. <laughs> you know, when I, when I was 18 years old in 2005, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. I was, I was 17. So it's even funnier than that. Well, I would have had to have been twelve. <laughs> you started early, dude. It was it was basically it was between Cursed Two or uh, Static X Wisconsin Death Trip. Yeah, it was it was either of those. Um, well, shit. What's uh, did anyone else say the number one? I think one of you did, right? One's thrice, which we already talked about. Okay, right, right, right. My no- so, my, right, what's yours? My number one is. <laughs> following a very, very similar trajectory to Pelican and Red Sparrows, is the Yesu LP, the self-titled LP. So, I mean, I still listen to this record, and I love Justin Broderick, and I worship at his altar from everything that he has done. Uh, so I'm proud to have that record as number one. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the theme 
between Pelican, Red Sparrows, and Yesu. I probably could have diversified my list a little bit more, but that was that was who I was in 2005. Uh, very uh, interested yeah. in, in dreamscapes and uh, long songs, and um, I think it was an eight-song full length that was probably 52 minutes or something like that. But um, yeah, yeah, and I, I I love it still. I, I listen to it, and the EP that came after it, like the Silver EP, just awesome. I actually went. I remember this. I went to Amoeba to get his autograph. Like that's how much I like. I, I legitimately I, that was probably the last time I got an autograph from a person. Like I've, I don't think I've got <laughs> that was two thousand seven or something. I don't know. It was a while ago, but love him. Uh, could he? Can- do a uh, did either of you do a, a worst albums of twenty two thousand five? I never fought. I never fought along with you guys on that. <laughs> the only thing I have listed as worst, I have worst band, and again, I feel like probably third year in a row, Hawthorne Heights. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, worst band, Hawthorne Heights in two thousand five? Yeah, <laughs> everything about this band, the fact that they have a gold record hurts me on the inside. <laughs> Well, yeah. little, little did uh, you know, they're still around, Joey. <laughs> I know. I know you know. <laughs> what do you yeah, got, Jeremy? Got, you got some heat? Oh, I got, oh, I got some heat. Yeah, I got a uh, number one, Avenged Sevenfold, Bat Country. Uh, <laughs> number two, there was like a tribute to Sublime. Um, <laughs> number, th- number, <laughs> number three, From Autumn to Ashes, Abandon Your Friends. Uh, number four, The Bled, Found in the Flood. Uh, oh, wow. Number five, it, number five, it dies today. That caitiff choir or whatever. Cat of choir. Uh, num- number six, love, hate, hero. Remember that? Um, wow. Dude, taking, taking, <laughs> yeah. pot, taking pot shots at, at C-level bands on ferret. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, number seven, some MySpace music comp for some reason. Um, <laughs> wow. and it's apparently it had, I don't, I don't have any recollection. It says MySpace put out a compilation that has Tila Tequila and Against Me on the same track list. <laughs> wow. Uh, so uh, number eight, Barrier Dead, uh, the record Alive. Uh, number nine, A Premonitions of War, Benum Split. I had to have been scraping at the bottom of the barrel there. Um, and then, then number 10, anything that would be considered reggaeton. <laughs> How was that for an era? Th- that was uh, that was when Joey and I were loosely affiliated with putting out reggaeton, <laughs> and and he was never seen again. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh! Can I can I, have, I go over a couple a couple extra, like deeper cuts on my list that yeah, I think is pretty hilarious? Uh, number twenty five had Paulson at all cost. Twenty three twenty three for me. I, I legitimately, yeah. I legitimately texted the singer to be like, "Hey, well, I'm talking about 2005, and I listened, I listened to this record. Still really good, dude." <laughs> uh, number 24, mind you, Alkaline Trio Crimson, not on my list. Curse Two, not on my list. But Story yeah. of the Year in the Wake of Determination, number 24. Dude, get out of What? That is so. That is really bad, Joey. It's super embarrassing. <laughs> like the most embarrassing. Uh, my future <laughs> my future brother-in-law uh mind eraser uh cave at number 23 respect that, that was my number nine in hardcore that was my number nine in hardcore boys night out train wreck 21 Ooh, black, a good record i mean black i i like a few so, i like a few songs on it i don't know about the record as a whole for yeah me. dude the yeah. goat alone the only blood between us i got that on okay. there okay Great record. I think that oh, 
Ringworm, Justice Replaced by Revenge. What a record. Jack's Mannequin, Everything in Transit, Stand By It. Oh. Stand By the at number 12. How hard, hard pass. Dude, do you have, do you have uh, Mental, Planet Mental on there? Because I do. No, and I... <laughs> like, I forgot. What am I What am I doing, man? I don't know, man. I, def- yeah. I, I definitely have... Uh, I have Ice Girls. Okay. That's, I, I guess that's good. I have Coldplay, X and Y. Have you guys heard of that band? <laughs> They're number 15 on my list, but not Curse 2, obviously. Oh, jeez. Oh. Uh, there's there's some good ones in my honorable mentions, uh, and then some of the era of my honorable mentions, like Copeland in Motion. It's a good record. Totally. Uh, uh, Lucero, Nobody's Darlings. Um, do you remember the band The Holy Shroud? Remember that band? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It sounded like uh, At the Drive-In and Casino Out. Level, um, level Plane. Level Plane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and here, this is the most of the era. As Cities Burn, Son, I Love You at Your Darkest, or whatever that record was. Yep. Still, Did you ever listen to that one? Still, yes. Yep. It's still a popular band. That yeah. band never for me. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It was kind of like the meeting ground between me without you, Norma Jean, and like a little bit of Under Oath. I think, kind of. I think that's fair to say. I would agree. I, I had a uh, my best shows of two thousand five, Carry On reunions, Trial reunion, Waxwing last shows, Lifetime in one hundred eight. I think that was in Philly. Uh, wow. Kid Dynamite at CB's. It's a good year. That is a good year. Yeah. Joey, I gave you, uh, I gave the Generations comp that that made number thirty on my list. Great comp. It's a very good comp. I, pro- I feel like I didn't put it on because I was, uh, I had, I worked on it and it couldn't make my list. That that was probably my curl up and die logic. Oh, I, it, it's going to make the <laughs> list, but I can't show my friend's favoritism. I also, <laughs> I, I also find this funny. Uh, this was even a record that came out. The buy a thread demos. <laughs> I had is number twenty eight. It's like that's not fair. You can't do that. <laughs> um i'm gonna i'm gonna add one more hilarious bad bad thing that i did on this list so i also have a top 10 seven inches of 2005 um and i'm gonna leave everyone with this last little piece of insanity are you ready for this please okay my number uh, for i just want to give some context my number seven is the hot cross holy shroud split Number six is Killing the Dream. I rewrote it, seven inch. Number five is Breathe Resist, Full of Tongue, seven inch. All three great seven inches, right? Let me tell you what my number four is. What beat those? <laughs> the the Hate Beak Caninus split. Oh man! <laughs> the band that was a parrot, a parrot singing and a dog singing somehow. <laughs> in my brain was better than breather resistance. <laughs> <laughs> what is the matter with me? Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> that's the fairest thing I've ever seen. I, I, yeah, I like I like how you didn't you, you're not like, okay, you know what, this is gonna make my list at number ten as a joke. Like, I mean I like it, but it's a joke and it's not gonna actually beat yeah. like legitimate music. <laughs> yeah. It beat legitimate music. That's the worst take that I've ever had. It's the dumbest thing I've ever done. Um, yeah. Number wow. three was the breathe was a breathe in seven inch. Number two was the danger seven inch, and number one was ruiners. What could possibly go right? That seven inch was hot. Wow. But, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
It's okay because I put Static Lullaby as number 16 on my list. Fossil the team. <laughs> so, so, time to be alive. And I, yeah. well, I think, I, I think we, a, I think we did this very well, guys. Yeah. This is a good learning lesson on uh, uh, bad choices. Well, this also, to, to haunt you. right. To be fair, this is the farthest that we have gone back with these lists. So, you yeah. know, like, whatever this is, we're talking about 15 years old. So, you know, our, we, we can't always be right guys. No, no, but it's okay. Yeah. yeah. But hopefully this will serve as a warning to people, but then also serve as a reminder that there are some great records that you should listen to in 2020 that still hold up 15 years later. Exactly. Totally true. And uh, do your best to not include animal singing things that are just straight novelties in any lists ever. Yeah, joke seven inches. You know they, they they don't really have a long shelf life. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. That's still oh, good. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, thanks, guys. We did it. Yeah. I, I I appreciate you uh, logging into your MySpaces and finding them on scraps of paper in your uh, basement or wherever. <laughs> okay, that was such a fun discussion, and hopefully. You can revisit some of those records that you might not have listened to uh, maybe in the first place or might not have listened to for, you know, 10 plus years. I always enjoy doing that and being like, oh, yes, that record is actually very good. So next week we have another great discussion, and this one is with a old friend who, uh, you know, frankly is uh, sort of media shy. (laughs) And I mean that is a very deliberate choice of his. And uh, I was able to uh, convince him to have a fun chat on this uh, very podcast. Dan Sanshaw from Equal Vision Records. Uh, I was very excited to have him on. Uh, he's only done a few podcasts out there. And uh, yeah, it just I, I consider him a friend. And we actually have a very interesting uh, collision of on meeting and sort of business experiences, all that fun stuff. So that's what we got next week. And until then, please be safe, everybody. <laughs>